0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lectio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Cossade, S.J. Book 1, Chapter 2. The Divine Action Works Unceasingly for the Sanctification of Souls. Section 1. The Divine Action The Divine Action, although only visible to the eye of faith, is everywhere and always present. All creatures that exist are in the hands of God. The action of the creature can only be perceived by the senses, but faith sees in all things the action of the Creator. It believes that in Jesus Christ all things live and that his divine operation continues to the end of time, embracing the passing moment and the smallest created atom, in its hidden life and mysterious action. The action of the creature is a veil, which covers the profound mysteries of the divine operation. After the resurrection, Jesus Christ took his disciples by surprise in his various apparitions. He showed himself to them under various disguises and, in the act of making himself known to them, disappeared. This same Jesus, ever living, ever working, still takes by surprise those souls whose faith is weak and wavering. There is not a moment in which God does not present himself under the cover of some pain to be endured, or some consolation to be enjoyed, or of some duty to be performed. All that takes place within us, around us, and through us, contains and conceals his divine action. It is really and truly there present, but invisibly present, so that we are always surprised and do not recognize his operation until it has ceased. If we could lift the veil, and if we were attentive and watchful, God would continually reveal himself to us. And we should see his divine action in everything that happened to us and rejoice in it. At each successive occurrence, we should exclaim, it is the Lord. And we should accept every fresh circumstance as a gift of God. We should look upon creatures as feeble tools in the hand of an able workman and should discover easily that nothing was wanting to us and that the constant providence of God disposed him to bestow upon us at every moment whatever we required. If only we had faith, we should show goodwill to all creatures. We should cherish them and be interiorly grateful to them as serving by God's will for our perfection. If we live the life of faith without intermission, we should have an uninterrupted commerce with God and a constant familiar intercourse with him what the air is for the transmission of our thoughts and words. Such would be our actions and sufferings for those of God. They would be as the substance of his words. And in all external events, we should see nothing but what was excellent and holy. This union is effected on earth by faith, in heaven, by glory. The only difference is in the method of its working. God is interpreted by faith. Without the light of faith, creation would speak to us in vain. It is a writing in cipher, in which we find nothing but confusion, and entangled mesh from which no one would expect to hear the voice of God. But as Moses saw the fire of divine charity in the burning bush, So faith gives us the clue to the cipher and reveals to us, in this mass of confusion, marvels of divine wisdom. Faith changes the face of the earth. By it, the heart is raised, entranced, and becomes conversant with heavenly things. Faith is our light in this life. By it, we possess the truth without seeing it. We touch what we cannot feel and see what is not evident to the senses. By it, we view the world as though it did not exist. It is the key of the treasure house, the key of the abyss of the science of God. It is faith that teaches us the hollowness of created things. By it, God reveals and manifests himself in all things. By faith, The veil is torn aside to reveal the eternal truth. All that we see is nothing but vanity and deceit. Truth can be found only in God. What a difference between the thoughts of God and the illusions of man. How is it that although continually warned that everything that happens in the world is but a shadow, a figure, a mystery of faith, we look at the outside only and do not perceive the enigma they contain. We fall into this trap like men without sense, instead of raising our eyes to the principle, source, and origin of all things, in which they all have their right name and just proportions, in which everything is supernatural, divine, and sanctifying, in which all is part of the plenitude of Jesus Christ, and each circumstance is as a stone towards the construction of the heavenly Jerusalem, and all helps to build a dwelling for us in that marvelous city. We live according to what we see and feel and wander like madmen in a labyrinth of darkness and illusion for want of the light of faith which would guide us safely through it. By means of faith, we should be able to aspire after God and to live for him alone, forsaking and going beyond mere figures. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In him we live and move and have our being, St. Paul says. In God we live and move and have our being. In other words, we would not exist. We would not have being. We would not even be here at all if it were not for God upholding us. And we would not be able to move if he did not make it possible at each moment for us to do so. Behind every action of ours is a divine action. I would not be able to be speaking here if God had not somehow provided this device, this computer, this recording device. One cannot have a Zoom call without software, without someone who set it up, without someone who pays for it. All of these things are somehow made possible by God. In Him we live and move and have our being. But not just moving, in general, God's behind that, but in Him we live. That is, we live naturally, yes, but supernaturally. Because in particular, to do anything of value, anything of eternal weight, supernatural importance. We have to have divine grace. God is at work in every single holy thing we do. Apart from him, we can do nothing. In him we live and move and have our being. And this is the kind of truth that's behind what Dekosad is saying. Why is every action of every creature a veil? Hiding the divine operation? Because everything that it is and moving and acting is held in existence by God and allowed to act through his causality. And especially if it's doing something truly good, he's at work. In him we live and move and have our being, meaning there is no thing that is, that is apart from God's creative work. And God does everything by wisdom. And so, if anything interacts with us, if anything happens to us, it's in some ways allowed by God. He's somehow holding this being in existence. This action that's taken place is somehow directed by him to some great end that may be far beyond us. And so, We have to beg God in this Advent to give us faith. Faith in him who is at work, the divine action. Why do we look so much at creatures? Why do we ponder so much? Oh, he hurt me. He did this. Why is he doing that? Why is she like this? Why did she say that? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. God is at work. God is trying to say something to us. God is trying to do something in all of these things. Now, I'm not saying that God is abusing you or beating you up. There are situations in which God is not the cause of evil. God is not the cause of sin. Never, ever. Okay? And so just because someone sins or someone does something very bad, that's not God doing that. We still have freedom. We can abuse our freedom. But he allowed it. That's true. He did allow this to happen. And he only allows things to draw something greater from it, some greater good. And he allowed the greatest evil, which was the killing of the Son of God, his Son, from which he brought the greatest good, the resurrection and our redemption. So just because God is allowing something doesn't mean that we have to say, oh, that was good that that person did. No, that was a sin. That could be evil. That could be terrible. And why did God allow it? Maybe he allowed it so you and I would step up to the plate and stop it. Maybe he allows something so that you and I would get off our bums and do something about it. Do some good. Fight against evil. Maybe he allowed it so that we could practice patience or kindness. Or maybe he allowed it so we would learn to be sympathetic to other people who are suffering. Or maybe he allowed it for any number of reasons. And we don't necessarily have to even understand why he allowed it for us to accept and to see the hand of God by faith. So this is what we really want to begin to do more of. To live by faith and to try to recognize that God's hand is at work.